beauty. Stokes looking to play, leg side has been squared up and his off pole is out the ground. That is a corker. Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia, and we are five tests in. We're finally at the last stage here, Louis, and uh, it's been a good day for Australia as well. Before we get right into it, though, I'm Josh Shonafinger, and I'm with Louis Cameron. How did you see uh, the first day here in London again? It felt like it was the series return to normal, wasn't it? We had the blowout at Old Trafford where it was completely one-sided to England, which went completely against the grain of the series. Today felt back to that kind of thing where one team would get on top and the other team would come roaring back and then vice versa would kind of happen. So at the end of it all, it's a funny one. I felt like uh, watching from the sidelines that Australia did really well, bowling out for 283, but uh, and then to get to one for 61 in reply. Harry Brook reckoned that they were only when they uh, convened at the lunch break, that they only wanted 250 runs, which took me by surprise. I thought that would be a good total in the first innings. So we can talk about that. Uh, but I would feel Australia, despite that uh, assessment from young Harry Brook, would feel pretty happy with how they've gone today. Very interesting assessment. So let's jump into the scores. As you said, England were bowled out for 283. That was after Pat Cummins won his first toss, not just of the Ashes series, but of the whole UK tour after losing that toss in the World Test Championship final as well. He called tails, by the way, I should say. Every time. He's called tails every time. Manus wanted him to call heads today, and he called tails. Well done for obeying your gut instinct there, Patrick Cummins. None for 61. England were, and they were looking pretty good. Then Ben Duckett fell for 41, and it caused a mini collapse. They lost 3-4-11 as Australia got back on top. And then it was a century stand between Moeen Alley and Harry Brook to really get England in front of the game at three for 184. But as you said there, Louis, Australia, just as they were falling behind, they got back on top with another string of wickets, four for 28 in that middle session, including Ben Stokes bowled by an absolute peach by Mitchell Stark, which we'll get to as well. And then Chris Wokes and Mark Wood, the heroes from Headingley, looked like they were going to put on another decisive partnership. But uh, when they fell after the tea break, it was all Australia, 283 all out. And then in reply, Australia got one for 61 off 25 overs. David Warner, the only wicket to fall, and Manus Lebeshain and Usman Khawaja will pick things up when play begins tomorrow on day two. So, Louis, where do you want to begin with action today? Well, I know you've just broken it down really beautifully there, but I feel like you almost need to break it down a second time. And maybe I'll have a crack. Not to say you didn't do an excellent job, but just to like sum up what a weird... Uh, topsy-turvy kind of day it was. So Duckett and Crawley get off to this kind of crazy start. There was a fantastic stat uh, that there were 16 consecutive deliveries that they scored off, which included a leg by. I know scorers will say that's a dot ball. I'm counting it as a run. So 16 consecutive deliveries uh, where they scored. Apparently, uh, this was a stat that was on the SEN broadcast today, there were two overs uh, within the first 10 that every ball was scored off. That has only ever happened once in an over inside the first 10 overs. Sorry, it's only happened twice in an over in the first 10 overs of a test in test history. One was in the 1880s. One was in the super test. So some would say it didn't really count. It's definitely never happened in a Nash's test and it happened twice today in the first 10 overs. You would think that would be pretty common, you know, players scoring off every ball. Lots of gaps, that sort of stuff. Exactly right. It hadn't happened in test cricket bar twice and it happened twice again today. 
kind of weird start, but also in keeping with the way Crawley and Duckett bat. And are we thinking at this stage that it's the wrong call to, at the toss that Pat Cummins is sending England in? Exactly. That's what we're all thinking. Has Pat Cummins, he's finally won a toss. Has he made the wrong decision? Has he done a Tim Payne like, uh, like he did in 2019 when he won the toss and bowled? He might have had a bit of suggestion from uh, some teammates uh, in that test uh, and changed his mind at the toss. But that's a story for another day. So we've had this crazy start. England are flying. As you mentioned, they lost three for 11. Duckett, Crawley, Joe Root, all gone very quickly. And then Moeen Ali and Harry Brook are kind of going nuts. Moeen Ali hurts his groin. Uh, and at this point, uh, let's probably the best person to explain what happened out there is Harry Brook, who was batting with Moeen Ali at the time. As soon as the physio left the pitch, he was like, should I just tee off now? And I said, I actually said to him, you should have been doing that from the start. So... Um, no, he's he's one of the best power hitters in the world, and and we've seen that in on, in white ball cricket, in franchise cricket, um, for England in in one days and T20s. So um, there's probably not many better men to have out there if you, if you want him to go and and smack it really. So um, it's a shame he didn't last a bit longer, but um, the way he went about it after getting injured was was perfect. I thought. So Moeen Ali was 11 off 37 at the time that he pulled that groin injury, and he looked really solid, didn't he? Didn't really give a chance. Looked very composed and and assured. And then off his next nine deliveries, he hit 23 runs, including a big six over a deep backward square leg before he got out to Todd Murphy. And that sparked. If we're continuing with this kind of crazy. Uh the story of the day, four for 28 off the next 55 balls. So we've just said that they were scoring at an alarming rate, going at nearly six and over. Uh, four off, uh, four for 28 off 55 balls is very unbasball like That happened over the course of the next nine overs uh, and kind of concluded with Harry Brook getting out to Mitchell Stark. Uh, Mitchell Stark had a, a great day. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, so you're kind of thinking at seven for 212, Australia are right on top here. They could bowl them out for 220. Um, and it's 100% their day. But then the tail added 71 for the last four wickets. They end up with 283, which is 33 more than Harry Brook thought would be a good total for the day. So uh, it was kind of, it was just really hard to keep track of. Uh, crazy day. And Australia, after scoring one for 61, and now only 222, Richie Benno behind. So it's a good day for Australia overall. On that tail, just before we move on, uh, I did the numbers on the first four tests of this series. And the English tail have averaged 92 runs for the last four wickets compared to Australia's 58. So it's been a theme throughout this series. England's tail has, has wagged and Australia haven't had an answer for what they've been able to produce. Well, they might have had an answer if they'd managed to take their catches. We know Mitch Marsh dropped one right at the end. They ended up dropping five catches today. And there was a misrun out from Pat Cummins that was pretty achievable if you really think about it. One of those drop catches was Steve Smith going full length to his right. So I'm going to give him a pass mark, but some of them were very easy. And the most costly was Alex Carey going to his right uh, off an edge of Harry Brook in the middle of a fantastic Pat Cummins spell. And we can talk about him in a little bit, but that was the most costly. That cost him 60 or 70 runs. It was very early in Brook's innings, which is of course when you have got a very good chance of getting Harry Brook out. Uh, they didn't take that. And the other really simple one was David Warner at first slip off Ben Duckett. It didn't end up costing him that much because uh, Duckett, uh, as he does, kind of edges and doesn't score too many runs even after getting a life. But it was just a sign that things didn't look 100% right for Australia and maybe there's some fatigue kind of setting in. Speaking of fatigue, Pat Cummins has been criticised during the week uh, about maybe showing signs of fatigue, especially last week at Old Trafford. But today he didn't show any of those signs. He was fantastic with the ball. His figures, one for 66 <laughs> off 13, don't really scream a great performance. And you'd 
look at the scorecard and think he's had another tough day. But he bowled brilliantly, didn't he? Has there better been a better one for 66, <laughs> 13 overs, two maidens uh, in test history going at five and over? He was fantastic today. Um, and under all the pressure that he's been under, and you know, the, rightly so, some of the scrutiny, uh, he said himself he didn't bowl particularly well at Old Trafford. He didn't captain particularly well, he has also admitted. Uh, so he had a real point to prove, uh, and he, he proved it today. I mean, if we if we ever doubted it, I don't think we ever did. Um, we, st- we knew that he had it within him. Uh, but to kind of pull it out in a series when he's played the first five tests going back to the World Test Championship final of this tour, um, he would be in a lot of hurt at the moment. I know Mitchell Stark is. He's kind of talked about that at the press conference. Um, so all these guys are kind of carrying little niggles and, you know, Pat Cummins has, has bowled the most out of any of them. So just the the life that he extracted out of that surface, he was it was just a tailor-made pitch for him. Uh, that kind of wobble seam ball always shifting one way or the other, uh, to especially to the right-handers. Um, he was fantastic. I'm just trying to remember who his actual wicket was. That was Zach Crawley, of course. So, um, you know, maybe not one for the, for the scrapbook necessarily. <laughs> This time, this time they hang on. And just as Mark Taylor was talking about hitting the deck hard, banging the ball, pounding it into a length, Cummins delivers. Uh, but he was a guy who made 189 at Old Trafford, so we shouldn't laugh too much about Zach Crawley. That's right. In Cummins' opening spell of six overs, one for 21, he also had two drop catches off his bowling. He beat the bat seven times and Ben Duck had almost chopped on off his bowling. So it could have been a lot better on a different day. And on the theme of fast bowlers, Mitchell Stark did get the reward today, as he has all series, to be honest. Four for 82 today. That takes him to into the leading wicket taker for the whole series. I think he's got 17 now from his four tests. And uh, what did you make of his day, Lou? I want to talk about that ball to Ben Stokes, but that might be um, a moment of the day, perhaps. Okay, I'll save it for the moment of the day and just speak generally about Mitchell Stark. <laughs> so he kind of said at the press conference, basically he's done some damage to his AC joint. Uh, and you know what? Maybe you should hear it from Mitchell Stark himself. Uh, Andrew McDonald said to us the other day that you did AC, a damage to your AC joint. Is that is that correct? Can you actually talk us through what's happened there? Um, yeah, that's my understanding of it. Um, I'm not interested in getting scanned or anything like that. So um, that's what uh, the doc and physio, I think, thinks the case. Um, we'll worry about that at the end of the week. So, um, yeah, just a bit of discomfort there. It's um, something going on in the AC, uh, nothing major, and still able to bowl and um, do what I need to do. So really tough stuff from Mitchell Stark, uh, and he does have a history of bowling some pretty good balls to Ben Stokes. We saw early in this series he got one to lift off a length at Lords. I think it was the first over of the day um, in during the Lords test, and that was a, a, a really important ball that kind of turned, turned the game a little bit in that first innings, uh, and Australia eventually won. Um, and he also bowled that ball at the same venue uh, to Stokes where he just reverse swung it a little bit back into him. Uh, and that was the one where Stokes dropped his bat and kicked it across the crease. It was very theatrical. Um, so they've got a bit of a history, those two. Uh, and he saved you know, a really good ball for the best moment. Do you want to set me up for it? I sure do. It's our moment of the day brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia, official airline of the Australian cricket team and proudly representing Australia on the world stage, flying to more than 95 destinations around the globe. Mitchell Stark hit 95 miles an hour a bit today, and this delivery was one of them. It was quick. Uh, it was swinging. It was aimed at Ben Stokes's middle stump, and it just shifted away quite late, I reckon, uh, after they got the lacquer off that Duke's ball. Uh, it just moved away. Ben Stokes went to play it through the leg side, and it clipped uh, middle uh, off stump about halfway up. 
Uh, just fantastic bowling for Mitchell Stark. The perfect ball if you're a left arm bowler bowling to a left hand batter that you want to bowl and to a player like Ben Stokes, if you can get him out in his first 20 balls uh, and if you can stop him from batting with the tail because that seems to be when he's at his most dangerous, uh, you're doing bloody well. Definitely worth checking out the video on cricket.com.au and our social channels if you get the chance. You also heard the commentary in our opening spell there as well. One man who Stark also got out was Harry Brook, eventually caught at second slip by Steve Smith for 85 off 91. And it's another near miss for the century for Harry Brook, who's looked like he's looked threatening a couple of times as if he might bring up that maiden Ashes century. Today wasn't the day, but he did, although he had some luck, he did bat really well, some glorious straight drives and those sorts of shots. His driving was amazing today. There were just a few shots today which just kind of took your breath away. The way he also reads length and he often gets the full ball, he'll put it away. Uh, and then he, he'll kind of know that they're going to pull their length back and he can kind of deposit it over the leg side as well. He's an incredibly impressive batter. And I think there's only big things for him ahead in Ashes series uh, to come. Moen Ali, the number three, who had zero expectation on his performance. As, as we mentioned, he got 34 or 47 today. But that groin injury might mean uh, he cannot bowl for the rest of the match. Do we have an update on Ali's injury? Uh, it's just a groin injury at this point. It's not in teams' favour to uh, really tell you exactly what they've done, but it looked you know pretty serious. And the way he batted probably told you a lot about how he felt uh, the injury was. So... Uh, we might see him bowl at some point in the second innings, but I reckon this first innings, it's looking unlikely unless they uh, – and, and the fact is they've got Joe Root as well, uh, and he's pretty handy. And he didn't take the field in Australia's 25 overs in the final session here today. On the other side of the fence, though, Australia's spinner Todd Murphy came back into the side. He was held back a bit, didn't bowl in the first session, but eventually when he got his turn to bowl, he got a wicket with his third delivery – of the day was Moanelli, and as we mentioned, it sparked the collapse. What did you make of Murphy's return to the test team? Really encouraging. I, I still think there's some scope for him to look at getting that overspin a little bit more, but it was certainly better than Headingley, where I reckon he was just a little bit nervous and he bowled a lot with that square seam that works really well in India, uh, but it's not as favourable in Australia and England, where you want to get that that dip and that bounce. Uh, we know he's not as tall as Nathan Lyon, but it's still doesn't mean that he uh, that he can't kind of spin it that way. It looked look really impressive. He had England kind of coming after him. It could have been one of those ones where he might have been a bit down on confidence having been left out for a test. He probably felt he should have played in. Um, so really encouraging signs to pick up a couple of key wickets. Two for 22 for Todd Murphy from six over. So a good return for the Victorian offie. This has been the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia, and we'll catch you all for day two.